You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. I want to say thanks to everybody who's been sending us emails, um, been in great communication with a lot of the listeners. And um, yeah, you know, none have really warranted uh, anything worth talking about, you know, on the podcast because it's simply just conversating, you know, back and forth a little bit about the Packers, not really a question, not really a, hey, what do you think about this? Um, which is totally cool. But thank you guys so much for reaching out. Really uh, enjoy and appreciate all that communication. I do want to say that today's show is brought to you by Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. They were birded out of the burden to help those in our community and congregations who's come out of a difficult past and an addictive lifestyle. Um, we're giving away a Paul Horning autographed jersey. That's right, the Hall of Famer, Golden Boy Paul Horning, uh, a home green Beckett-style jersey from pristineauction.com with a certificate of authenticity um, there with the autograph. Obviously, uh, Paul Horning passed away several years ago, so his uh, autographed uh, items are going to become more and more rare. You know, people are going to try to scoop that up, so that's an awesome opportunity to win that. If you want to enter yourself into that contest, you just go to my Twitter uh, page, at Packers underscore access, You'll see a tweet pinned at the top of the page. Make sure you retweet that tweet and follow the account. That'll enter you into the contest one time. And if you want to donate to a great cause and give yourself a little bit better opportunity to win that jersey, um, you'll see a link attached there too to FGR or Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. And for every $5 you donate, you'll be entered into the contest one additional time. And there's no limit on how many how much you can donate there. Uh, just an opportunity to give to a great cause and also give yourself a little bit better chance to win a really cool piece of Packers memorabilia. Now, today's show... So um, hopefully the voice is sounding a little bit better. There's still going to be some hacking, so I apologize in advance, but you guys are probably used to it by now. Um, uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, the Elton Jenkins contract, and then we're going to hit on the injury report, the final injury report here for the Packers-Dolphins game. And then we're going to talk, uh, just have a little bit of fun on the backside and, and wrap this thing up. Now, um, I'm hoping that the power doesn't go out. If it if it does go out, then you'll never hear this podcast because this is my last attempt. <laughs> Down here in Tennessee, we're, we were sitting at about negative one this morning, and some of you guys up north who are dealing with negative 20 are going, shut up, Clayton. That, that's that's Florida weather, right? But they're, uh, they're doing rolling blackouts down here to conserve energy. So the power is going out, you know, about once an hour and staying off for about 10 or 15 minutes. So hopefully I can get this in. <clears throat> but let's just kind of – uh, dive into it again if you're hearing this then obviously we got it in if you don't hear it then you'll never know I even said that but that's just the way it is all right so Elton Jenkins contract um, we've talked about this a lot on this podcast you know kind of what are the Packers going to do about Elton right um, what are they what are they looking to do as far as 
his long-term future coming off an ACL that really made things a little bit awkward, a little bit difficult to kind of get done. We seen his uh, productivity dip quite a bit this year, but what's cool is it's kind of come on strong here the last three games and, and showed a little flash of that against New York. We'll talk about it in a second. So we're going to kind of talk about the early indications of the salary cap ramifications of this, this contract extension. Okay. And there's a lot of people that are releasing a ton of details and, and, and they may be correct. Right. But to me, it's a little too early in the game to release all the details. What I'm going to do is uh, pull some information from a Packers Wire article, tell you what they're saying. I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about Spotrack and what the fair market value was going to be. And we're going to try to piece it together uh, just a touch. But I do want to preference everything on this podcast with we don't know all of the details yet, okay? Until until everything is kind of put in stone, when Spotrack posts – that's the, the site that I tend to lean towards, although it may not update as fast as over the cap. I have personally found inaccuracies in over the cap in the past, not major inaccuracies. Some people have found inaccuracies on Spotrack, not major inaccuracies. Um, but, you know, it just you got to kind of take these things with a grain of salt and and really just want to kind of give you a broad perspective of how does how does this contract affect the Green Bay Packers moving forward? OK, because, you know, we I think we would all say if. You know, going into the season, we wanted Elton Elton Jenkins under contract, right? I don't think there was anybody listening to the pod going, no, he's not worth money, right? He's not worth the starter money. Um, now, when he struggled this year, especially at right tackle, you know, you get into that awkward stage of should he be played, paid like a tackle or should he be paid like a guard, right? Now, what's crazy is I think he's more valuable than a guard, not from a tackle standpoint, because, you know, he really struggled at right tackle. Now that he's settled back in the left guard, things have kind of settled down the offensive line. Now, it could have been the knee, right? Um, and he wasn't fully recovered, and, and it's a little bit better opportunity to recover while he's playing the guard position. But the extra value to me was also the center position. You know, if we got into a bond where Josh Myers went down, which can we take a second and, and appreciate Josh Myers' uh, ability to go out and start week in and week out. You know, I don't know if that guy's ever missed a game. And and I should have looked that up before we went live here. But, um, man, it just seems like he's always on the field. He's always healthy. You know, he's not he's not an elite player by no stretch of the imagination. He's really sol solid in pass blocking. He's a very large center. So he's got some some great upside there. Um, he struggled a little bit in the running game, according to, according to PFF, um, which is kind of odd because, you know, like I had mentioned the other day on Twitter, it's like it, it just seems like the Packers' offensive line struggle – uh, at run blocking grades when it comes to PFF, but like Ryan pointed out, you know, here recently a couple of the go a couple of the offensive line actually had high, very high run blocking grades. So maybe that's starting to to kind of come around there as well. And isn't it funny? We kind of simplified the offense a bit. We got away from the RPOs a touch, and everything kind of settled down. Do you remember one player early in the season going, we need to simplify things, and he got crucified for it? <laughs> Shut up and play quarterback, Rodgers, right? But it's funny how things have kind of started to work themselves into rhythm, right? Now, his numbers are still struggling, right? His PFF grades are still struggling. And you can see it on the field. We've seen it firsthand against the Rams, you know? I don't know if it's the ribs, the thumb, what. It, it could be falling off a cliff. That could be the case, too. I, I tend to believe it's the injuries. I don't think you go from an MVP level and falling that far off a cliff. But you know, we, we do know that, that haters seem to think that, right? The, the Rodgers uh, hating group, which is cool. They've got their opinion. But as far as the salary cap, ramifications of this uh of this elton jenkins deal uh, you know as i was pulling it's funny the first thing i pulled up here on spotrack was the cap tracker right and it basically shows you how much cap space each team has right across the nfl 
And, you know, you got rollover cap and things that come into play. And a lot of times Spotrack is already factoring that rollover cap into the next year. So you try to steer clear of talking about that too much. But the very first screen here, when I click on the Green Bay Packers, shows you the 2022 team, right? And their uh, cap space shows you the entire league. Isn't it funny that the Green Bay Packers are fifth in the NFL in cap space this year? $7.8 million in cap space in 2022. Isn't it hilarious? Now, why do I bring that up? Because the doom and gloomers that are always saying, oh, my God, this is going to catch up to us kicking the can down the road. Guys, they said that when we signed when we signed Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, that's when that talk started. This is going to kill. Oh, oh, they can't do this. You can't do this. Okay, so here we are. Zadarius isn't even on the roster, although he's got a huge cap hit against the roster, right, this year. And somehow, some way, we're fifth in the league in cap space at $7.8 million. Isn't that wild? Isn't it funny that we said that for so long? And, guys, I used to be on the other side of the fence. You can go pull the receipts like like, uh, you know, especially, you know, on social media. I wasn't on Twitter at the time, but, you know, in Facebook groups and stuff, you could see where I was totally on the other side. There was a time when I I, I despised Rogers because I didn't like how things ended with McCarthy, because I read into everything that he's the one who got McCarthy read out of town. Remember when the media was saying that? And then what happens? He, he and McCarthy talk regularly. You've seen them embrace and talk about how much they loved each other when the Packers played the Cowboys. It's like I had to check myself, eat some crow, and go, okay, let me back off of this Rogers hate thing here. Maybe I don't understand the situation completely, right? It's the same way with the cap space. I'm a very, very conservative person when it comes to finances. That sounds – I know it may sound silly to some because we just took a great trip to Green Bay and this and that, but, guys, I'm the dude that hasn't had a car payment in over a decade. I don't, I don't play with debt. I just don't do it. And, and there's a lot of people that do, right? So I, I say that because, you know, I don't look at – I'm not the type of person that's just a free a free spender, a free thinker. Oh, everything's going to be just fine. Just do what you want. No, that's not me at all. You don't believe me, you don't believe me saying it. That's my wife. I mean, she refers to me as the stick in the mud most of the, most of the time. But um, it's just funny because I had to eat crow on this avenue too. I had to step back and go, man. Dude, I sit here and, and talked about how the salary cap is going to catch up to us, and and it just didn't. It just didn't. Now, here's where the salary cap is important. The salary cap is not fake. Okay, I'm not in that crowd that says the salary cap's fake. I, what I've come to learn and understand is the salary cap is is very crucial and very important when it comes to league calendars. You know, the thing that happened with Zadarius, I think there was a chance that Zadarius was going to be on the roster if they had known way ahead of time that it wasn't going to work out with Tay and that they were going to get the, the deal done with, with Rodgers. I guarantee you that, you know, there was a locker room riff and all that, but I think that that really got escalated, you know, because um, with Zadarius, because – they weren't just going, hey, man, let's just pay you this. Let's meet in the middle. They 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 didn't have the freedom to do that because Aaron's contract wasn't done for so long, and Devontae Adams was wanting out for three years. We now know that, right? Um, which, it's funny. It sounds petty, but I remember looking back and going, why does Devontae Adams never do a Lambeau leap? It drove me crazy. I was just like, go, go celebrate with the fans. I think he was trying to detach himself from Green Bay a bit. doesn't make him a bad person. He had just made the mental decision that I want out of here, right? And uh, 
it's just funny looking back on things how how they looked so you know you could see the signs here and there and I'm not not just specifically refusing to celebrate with the fans but just in general everything right but again the reason that the salary cap mattered was because everything come to a head at one point and they had to make the first decision of okay We've got to cut Zadarius loose to free up this cap because we've got a date deadline coming up to get under the cap. That's what I mean by calendar sensitive when it comes to the NFL calendar and how the salary cap actually matters. But again, I just wanted to point out that the Packers, all the doom and gloomers four or five years ago were screaming the Packers are going to be screwed. And here we are in 2022. We got the fifth most effective cap space um, in the entire NFL in 2022. I thought that was pretty funny. So, um, all right. So let's move on to Elton Dickens' contract. Um, first of all, you go to Spotrack. It's showing the place, the the year holders, right? The placement years of how long he's going to be in Green Bay um, with the new contract, with the, the four-year extension. But it's not showing the numbers yet, okay? So I just wanted to point that out. The only thing it's showing is 2022 is a cap hit of $4.7 million, right? And uh, then it's showing 2023, 2024, 25, 26, just blank. Those are the placeholder years for the contract. And then 2027, he's listed as an unrestricted free agent. So to kind of give you that broad perspective of the length of this contract, um, he's going to be 31 years old in 2026, the last year of his contract. That sets up pretty nice for the Packers. Maybe one year too long, but what we're seeing in the NFL is typically if they sign a four-year deal, it's only a two- to three-year deal, and they can, you know, they can get out of the contract that last year and save a little bit on the cap, although there would be cap penalty. Again, the cap penalty, I don't look up and go, oh, my God, look at all the dead cap, because decisions were made along the way. Guys, you lose money in business. Trust me, I've lost a lot of money in business. You know, Fortunately, I'm blessed, and I've made a whole lot more money in business than I've lost. But you've got to, you've got to be able to navigate those waters from a business standpoint and go, okay, that's a necessary evil. I've got to eat that cost. But by eating that cost, we're moving on from that project, moving into this realm, and now we're going to create a whole lot more income here. And it's wrote off as a loss on taxes. Everything's balanced out. And the goal is to, you know, continue to advance that level of income, that level of profit, right, profitability as you move forward. That's that's business 101. And it's definitely no different. It applies actually more, I think, when it comes to the National Football League because you've got to weigh out these options. You know, having Zadarius on that roster, they looked at it like, man, if he's healthy, it's going to be worth the huge cap hit. And it would have been. But then he got hurt that, that, that final year in Green Bay, right? And he pretty much missed the entire year until he came back in the playoffs and and you know and that type of thing. And then you gotta you gotta look at him, okay, we don't know if the back's healthy. If we cut him loose, yeah, it's gonna be a huge cap hit, but we're still gonna save some money too off of his uh, you know, overall cap hit for this year. You gotta take those things into consideration, right? Kind of addition by subtraction type thing. So I just want to point out Spotrack isn't updated there yet, but we do have an article from uh, packerswire.usatoday.com, okay? And I'm just going to kind of touch on it real quick. And and they, again, you got to kind of take this stuff as, with a grain of salt. They may have great sources, right? Typically, when the media gets hold of the contract numbers, that's not coming from the team, that's coming from the agency. So they may be a little bit inflated, a little bit off, right? And, and nine times out of 10, nobody goes back and completely fact checks them. Unless you're just someone who wants to argue and point out and, and dunk on people and go, ha ha, got you, look, you were wrong. Um, I. I personally don't associate with those type of people. As soon as I identify them, they get the mute button on Twitter, and I just move on. Um, life's too short to have people in your life that's just 
looking to to tear you down and be a troll and jump into mentions, right? I, I've been really blessed though, man. I think we're up to like, I think we're up to four, almost 4,500 followers on Twitter. And we've really been able to weed out the trolls and just have great interaction on Twitter. But, um, all right, so let's get into the article. I'm going to try to read it without boring you too much. I want to give you the, the main talking points here, but it probably have to go, go through the entire uh, article to kind of get to those points, but I think it'll be worth our time. So it says the Green Bay Packers signed offensive lineman Elton Jenkins to a four-year contract extension on Friday. The deal is worth $68 million and includes a signing bonus of $24 million. Okay? Um, it says uh, that's per Rob Domofsky of ESPN. I do want to say this on Twitter, what I have noticed with Twitter. The same people that have been screaming that Aaron Rodgers is making $50 million are the ones who are now going and reporting the low cap hit numbers for Elton Jenkins in the first two years. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Like, this is exactly what Pat McAfee was talking about. I don't mean to giggle, but it's just it's it's so funny how his contract got reported so much differently. Like, there's people running around on Twitter, go, oh, this is a great deal for the Packers, man. The cap hit's gonna be low in the first two years of the contract because there's rumors of that coming out, you know. And then all of a sudden it, it's like you were the same people that were referring to Green referring to Aaron Rodgers as a fifty million dollar uh, quarterback. But now all of a sudden Elton Jenkins gets a contract extension and oh man, it's just about cap hit. You're not so now all of a sudden we're not worried about the overall average per year. Like I'm confused. It, it cracks me up. So it says Jenkins, uh, 17 million per year average sits at 13th among all offensive line positions and second amongst guards. Okay, um, trailing only Quentin Nelson at 20 million per year. Okay, so. Elton Jenkins, the early indications are he's going to average $17 million per year against the cap. Okay. Now, why do I mention that? You guys remember, um, I'm going to click over to another tab real quick and come back to this. You guys remember when we talked about Elton Jenkins before that, you know, when you skip ahead to the 2023 salary cap for the Green Bay Packers, it was saying his calculated market value was $14 million. Now, if you click on 2022, it says his fair market value is $7 million. The Green Bay Packers have had him at under $5 million, so they've, they've kind of stayed under that number, right? Well, when we talk about the calculated mar market value, annual market value, it's sitting at $14 million. Now, let's go back to the article. He's making $17 million per year on average. Please, guys, let's don't. Let's don't try to pretend like this was just an awesome slam dunk deal for the Green Bay Packers and and go out there and make a fool out of yourself on Twitter. OK, it's important to understand that we overpaid a touch for Elton Jenkins. I believe that, you know, you guys heard me talk earlier, earlier in the year on the podcast when Elton was underperforming coming off the ACL. First and foremost, it sucks for Elton because what? You couldn't have worse timing. And, and at times I said, man, I hope the Packers reward him with the understanding of, look, man, we know you're not 100% yet, and we appreciate you battling through this injury, right? Because Elton seems like the stand-up guy that you want. He He's one of those guys you want to build the offensive line around. But I just want to – I want to find that 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 middle ground, right, for, for both sides because there's some people running victory laps going, the Packers crushed this deal, yeah, and I'm going – no, man, we've been saying for months now, 14 million was the fair market value. I don't know. <laughs> so, but again, we're going to make it work. 
And I'm going to talk about roster structure here in a second of what I feel like you need to spend money off on on both offense and defense as far as when I say money, quote-unquote starter money, top dollar. Not necessarily the highest paid, but in that top five, in that top ten of, of players at that position. So um, it goes on to say that he's uh, – overall he trails Trent Williams, $23 million, Bakhtiari, $23 million, uh, Laramie Tunzel, $22 million, Nelson, Ronnie Stanley at $19.7 million, uh, and several other people. It's kind of going down the list of the players that are, uh, you know, getting paid more than him. It said among Packers players, Jenkins, $17 million per year, will only trail Aaron Rodgers, Bakhtiari, Jai Alexander, and Kenny Clark. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Um, who all received new record-breaking deals in recent years. Now, remove the names of all those players and just talk positions. You've got quarterback, offensive line, cornerback, and defensive line, okay? So you've literally got an interior defensive lineman, another offensive lineman, the most important position in quarterback, and then what I consider a second-tier or really a, a third-tier position in corner in Jair Alexander. I mentioned that because when we talk about the roster structure here in a minute, it's important, okay? So as we move through the article, it says, Jenkins' $24 million signing bonus ranks fourth among all offensive linemen and once again trails Nelson's $31 million in, in signing bonus among guards, okay? So fourth highest signing bonus um, amongst all offensive linemen. Because of the prorated signing bonus included in the deal, expect Jenkins' new contract to be structured with the aim of a smaller cap hit in early years with ballooning cap hits in later years. Guys, Surprise, surprise. Brace yourself. Listen to me. Listen close. Brace yourself for the doom and gloomers because it's happening again right now, guys. They're going to come out and immediately say, this is going to catch up to the Green Bay Packers. You wait in three years. They're going to wish they hadn't signed this deal, and here they go kicking the can down the road and blah, 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 blah. Again, the same exact thing they said when they signed Zadarius and Preston. The same exact thing they said when they re-signed Bakhtiari to the new deal, right? And then 
I've already closed the tab, but you just heard me say we're fifth in the NFL in salary cap. Don't buy into the doom and gloom, okay? The cap's going to continue to go up, even if the cap didn't continue to go up. This is the price you pay to try to compete at the NFL level, period. This, These are the necessary risks you take, the necessary evil of having to eat some salary cap penalty on down the road to be able to put a competing team on the field. Now, some people were rolling their eyes going, we didn't compete this year. You're also not taking into consideration that the starting quarterback was banged up all year, right, and continues to be banged up. You're not taking into consideration that David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins missed significant time, and we had to shuffle the offensive line to the point where we just now have a stable offensive line. You're also not taking into consideration that Kenny Clark has underperformed in his huge contract, right, or that we – made two first-round picks, one of which Devontae Wyatt hasn't spent much time on the field, averaging about nine snaps a game here recently, and Quay Walker, who's underperformed, although this last game against the Rams, how awesome was it that the game that we decided to go to, me, Justin, Jacob, obviously Justin's wife, met Seth there, uh, you know, got to hang out with the crew, that was the game that Quay Walker decided to break out, right? It was really, really cool to see. But again, those things – you know, you have to take into consideration on why the team struggled. And, and I understand it's not it's not a popular stance or argument because people want to blame that person. Like, this year has been a constant rotation of blame. It's literally went, this is Aaron Rodgers' fault. They need to start Jordan Love. To, this is Joe Barry's fault. They need to fire Joe Barry. To, this is Darnell Savage's fault. He doesn't need to be playing. <laughs> and it's just, those have been the three whipping boys all year long. And, and the truth is, all of those people are probably responsible at different times, but it doesn't mean you get rid of one person thinking it's going to fix the problem. I know that's the society we live in. Cancel the problem. Get them out of here. All right, move on to the next. And then that person screws up and it's, all right, get them out of here. They're, they're you know, the problem now. You know, it's, you don't want to get into politics, but you, you see it constantly. You know, at election time, Joe Biden was the answer. And now all of my friends who, you know, tend to vote Democrat, now they're they're ready to kill this guy, right? And I'm not going to give my opinion on it either way, but it's just that's the society we live in. Yeah, this is the answer. <laughs> what were we thinking? That's not the answer. Throw them in the gutter. Move on to the next person. It just cracks me up. Um, and and it, it has nothing to do with uh, any specific party or presidential candidate. That has happened to every president since I've been alive, both Republican and Democrat. But it, it's that's what we've created, right? And then when you it carries over into sports that when someone says something or does something that you disagree with, the answer is eliminate them from your life completely. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know, man, it's not healthy. It's not healthy at all. But uh, all right, so it says, the Packers believe Jenkins – can play all five positions, including both offensive tackle spots. He started the 2022 season at right tackle but struggled, prompting a move back to left guard where he was a pro bowler in 2020. Since the move, Jenkins has been excellent once again. In fact, Jenkins was named a first alternate for the Pro Bowl this week. Um, I don't take the Pro Bowl serious anymore, guys, uh, and it, it bothers me because when I was a kid, I used to love watching the Pro Bowl as a kid, but it's it has changed so much. That it really it doesn't mean anything to me. PFF has replaced the Pro Bowl. You know, the Pro Bowl used to be the way that I could look up and go, "Wow, that he he really had a great year." 
right? And you could kind of gauge the best of the best. And now with all the alternates and people not wanting to play and the way the voting's done and constant snubs and this one should have got that, you know, it's I, I, I tend to lean toward PFF because it matches for the most part. It's not perfect, but for the most part, what I see on tape when I go back and watch, you know, a three snap saturation. So, um, but he is a Pro Bowl alternate. We want to mention it. General Manager Brian Gutekunst drafted Jenkins in the second round of the 2019 draft. Over his four-year NFL career, Jenkins has played 524 snaps at left tackle. <coughs> Excuse me. 2,081 at left guard, 297 at center, one at right guard, and 372 at right tackle. Uh, quote, we are very excited to be able to come to an agreement that keeps Elton with the Packers, Goody said in a press release. Since the moment he walked into the building, Elton has been a core member of the franchise while displaying an uncommon versatility, unselfishness, and toughness. He's a tremendous leader and teammate, and he has earned everything that has come to him. Love it. Lo love the signing. I love that aspect of it. I think they overpaid a touch, but the Packers kind of are coming out of this year going, look, we need him. Right. We really need them. So, uh, again, that came from PackersWire.USA.com. Go check that article out if you like. It was a, a pretty uh, – I like when things are short and concise, straight to the point. I don't like it when writers try to make themselves feel or sound smart. It's one of the reasons why I, I don't support any paywalls and stuff like that because it's just an opportunity for them to say, look, I have a degree and I can speak elegantly. Isn't it funny that Pat McAfee's show continues to grow and blow all other media sources out of the freaking water because he's not trying to sound smart. It, as a matter of fact, he puts his glasses on and mocks it and, and tries to pretend like he's smart because people get a good pop out of it. But it's just simply guys talking the details, talking football fundamentals, and you come away listening to the former players explain the game uh, at an angle where the common fan can understand, especially an, an idiot like me. So, um, all right, so moving on to the next thing. Again, I wanted to mention that I had this tab pulled up because Elton Jenkins' fair market value is $14 million annually, and then obviously he come out with $17 million. I feel like the Packers overpaid a touch, but why did they overpay a touch? I think that the real value is exactly the last part of that article we read where he can play multiple positions, right? The fact that he can mainly center. Guys, I could care less about tackle. If Bach comes back, we're set at left tackle. If Bach decides to retire, Elton Jenkins has proven to me that he can hold his own as he advances and gets better at left tackle. <coughs> Excuse me. We're going to have Yash back. I'm about 95% sure that they will get him back um, with the way free agency structured. He'll come back and on a decent deal, um, a fairly cheap deal in my opinion. Um, so right tackle is good. Runyon's shown he can hold up at right guard, right? Josh Myers is shown he can hold up at right at center. You've got – um, left guard Elton Jenkins. Now let's say Josh Myers goes down, God forbid, right? Elton Jenkins can plug right into center unless, you know, of course the Packers may think that someone like in the past with Lucas Patrick, someone like that can just plug in. And, and obviously he's not on the roster anymore, but they could take a backup and plug him in. That's cool if they believe that. But the fact that Elton Jenkins can slide over and play at an elite level at center, he's proven that in the past. Um, that was his original college position. That's where I, you get into that $17 million. It's like, okay, I, I get why you overpaid a touch. Now, again, he was willing to structure the contract to where it balloons later in the deal. That's also a thing that was very valuable to the Packers. There's not a lot of guys that are willing to do that in free agency. So it's a win-win, although I, you know, you've heard me say all year long that I kind of felt like the Packers should let him test free agency. Um, 
There's probably a lot of people that disagree with me on that. And I would have to take the L on that stance, right? Because, again, his PFF grades, let's go through it here, starting week two, okay? Here are his offensive PFF grades. And the reason I read offense is because both run blocking and pass blocking is important. It's easy to go, yeah, but he's got an 84.9 elite run blocking grade or pass blocking grade, right? And then not conveniently not mention the other. I don't want to be that guy. Okay, offensive PFF grades starting in week two. I'm going to run all the way through every game he's played in. Okay, I'm not going to mention when he missed the game if he did. Okay, we'll just go down the line. Fifty-eight 58.5, 66.8, 67.7. At this point, I'm going, oh, slow down on the contract extension. I do not want to pay him fourteen million dollars. Okay, let's let's back off a bit. The knee isn't right. I get it, but man. We may want him to test free agency, bring the best offer back like Aaron Jones did, and see if we can match it. But week five against the Giants, 85.6. That was the game It was like, oh, okay, all right, Elton. Elite game. There you go. 84.9 run block, 82.3 in pass blocking that game. Okay. Week six, 54.6. Week seven, 50.0. Right? Now it's like, okay, you're seeing the inconsistency. Week nine, 78.2. Right, bounce back a touch. Week 10, 52.5. It got covered up because we beat Dallas. He didn't he didn't really think man Elton had a horrible game there, right? And he played left guard there. Um now he did have a, it's worth mentioning that the, the Giants game, he did play right tackle. So 85.6 at right tackle. Granted, it's the Giants, whether you think they're a good team or not. I personally think they're a decent team, but you know, a lot of people would disagree with that. So again, week 10 against the Cowboys, 52.5 at left guard. Then Tennessee, 64.3. Week 12, 74.9. So at this point, when we get to this point, I'm still kind of in the camp of, all right, let's let's let him test free agency. But then in Philly, 74.9. Chicago, 83.5. L.A. Rams, 80.1. I mean, the guy just, he turned it on. You're starting to see consistency now, right? And on the year, he's at a 74.2 PFF grade. Okay, so what has he done well? Another thing that makes him valuable in my eyes when you okay, is he a better run blocker or a pass blocker? When you look at the run blocking grades, he's got um, basically one, two, three, four, five, six, seven good run blocking games. Okay, and then pass blocking, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six good pass blocking games. So it's pretty stable across the board, right? A well rounded offensive lineman. He's showing the knee is getting healthier now, pouring it on. The Packers kind of played this perfect, man. They held out as long as they could, and that might be why they had to overpay a little bit on the backside because he started cranking it up, right? And it's okay. Let's go ahead and get this done. I think we got our, the old one back, the uh, the uh, guard that we thought we had, the offensive line that we thought we originally had. So, um, overall, I agree with the move. I'm glad they got it done. I'm glad that they were able to structure it in a way that the backside is going to be ballooned, although we got to take that with a grain of salt. We don't know all the details yet. I'm looking forward for everything to kind of drop. There may be an article out there by the time you hear this that explains the complete structure, but until it's on SPO track and over the cap, I'm going to kind of uh, leave it be. So I just wanted to mention those PFF numbers real quick and kind of how we got to this point right now. Let's talk about roster structure for a second and, and what's important to me. And, when it comes to creating a roster, obviously you're in 11 personnel the majority of the time, right? And again, you guys heard me say I'm a very conservative when it comes to, to finances and, and running a business in, in my household. Um, I'm, I'm that guy that's like, okay, better safe than sorry. Let's hold back a touch. 
Again, that's why if you've seen the vehicle I drive, you'd be like, there's no way that dude has a, a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. But that's me. That's just kind of – I'm not the dude pulling up the red light going, I wonder what they think of my car. That's not me. It's not me at all. I am the guy that goes, man, I like to look up and, and see that healthy bank account and know that my wife's taken care of. God forbid something happened to me, right? That's kind of how I look at the stuff. So um, when it comes to roster structure, I feel like a team should be willing to put starter money. And what I mean by starter money, top 10 at the position money in this many players. Let's start with offense, the quarterback position, obviously. you got to be willing to pay top dollar for quarterback play quarterback and head coach are the most important aspects of every single football team, in my opinion. You can have an average GM bring in decent talent, right, and not be able to finagle the, uh, the salary cap and roster structure. But if you've got an elite coach and an elite quarterback, you're going to be in ball games. period, case closed, right? And I'm kind of – Back on, I was never off the Matt LaFleur train, but, you know, you had to kind of step back and go, man, they're really struggling. He doesn't have this team ready to play. But when you think of Aaron Rodgers being banged up and how he's underperformed, it does – part of me does go, well, maybe Matt LaFleur has done a decent job trying to keep this thing together. I mean, we're still in the playoff hunt, right? We need some help. But here we are, you know, week 16, and they're still in the hunt, even with all the injuries, all the uncertainty of the defense underperforming, all those things. Um, but quarterback – pay starter money. One running back. I'm willing to pay top 10 money to one running back. Okay. Not two. I'm not the guy that's like, oh, let's pay, let's have two starting running backs. And although every team now is running back by committee, I don't care what anybody says. It is definitely, you know, the, the days of Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith, you know, obviously way back in the day, Earl Campbell or Sweetness, those guys that, that carried the ball all the freaking time, those days are over. Right. You're seeing a lot more running back by committee. Very few teams, you know, maybe Tennessee with with uh, Derrick Henry still have that one back approach. But um, I'm willing to pay one running back. Now, what's that mean? Some people, the chatter is already starting now. The doom and gloomers have now gone on from as, as soon as they seen Elton's deal signed. It's funny. Some of them are going. 